the kind of person who thinks dessert is the main course. Fred Plotkin's just the man you need to know. He's scoured the countryside of Italy for years, compiling his definitive guide, Italy for the Gourmet Traveler. A self-described pleasure activist, Fred knows the value of sourcing seasonal local ingredients and the special dishes that each region of Italy is most proud of. Today, he joins us to take your calls at 877-333-RICK as we get a close look at the decadent and delicious desserts you'll find all across Italy. Fred, thanks for joining us. Great to be with you again. You write a book that I just consider the book for eating your way through Italy, Italy for the Gourmet Traveler. And first of all, when you write a book like that, do you go out and actually just have a list of things you want to eat? Uh, What is involved in in writing a, a food guide to Italy? Every single thing in my book is something I've seen, tasted, smelled, or touched. And I do my book anonymously. And when Italians ask me, how come you speak such good Italian, I answer because I work in opera, which is true. And therefore, they never realize that I'm making notes about everything I'm seeing. I do know that every town has its own specialties, and I cover 504 towns in the book. And therefore, I go around sampling the same dish or the same cake in 10 or 15 different places and come up with a couple that I think are the best. Uh It's very fattening. (laughs) I bet. (laughs) Well, I've got a chubby uh, Italian friend, and he says when him and his wife are making love, it's like two mozzarella balls. I still hope I'm spaghetti. (laughs) Spaghetti, not mozzarella balls. (laughs) Okay. Now, I know you're into fine eating, or not not, uh, pretentious eating, but quality eating. Does, yes. does you know, the gourmet dimension or the, the quality dimension stop at the secondi, or can desserts be part of fine cuisine? Every food you put in your mouth should be something worth savoring and, frankly, worth the calories. In Italy, the classic dessert until very recently was fruit. Italian fruit is some of the world's best. But the Europeanization of Italy has meant that now in restaurants at the end of the meal— they actually want to serve you some kind of pudding or cake or something else that is a little more substantial than fruit. So what used to be specialties, things that would come around at Easter or Christmas, now appear on the menus every day. Okay, so that's sort of been mission creep there for the dessert course. I've got friends in, in restaurants that seem very proud of their frozen fruit desserts. Well... A lot of those, frankly, are produced by two or three manufacturers, Mm -hmm. the biggest being called Bindi, Mm -hmm. and they're sent throughout Italy. The quality is very good, but I always look for the word uh, fata in casa, made at home, or artigianale, artisanal, which means that it's local. Can you trust that when you see that? In almost every case, Mm -hmm. because they take pride in it. Now, I always say, which casa? Ah. And if they say we make it in the kitchen, I always say, well, who? Let me meet that nice person. And he or she comes out of the kitchen and we chat about the desserts. And then I trust them that they they take great pride in Italy and their food. Even if the governments are crumbling and the popes come and go, the Italians, they're the best in the world at that. And they want to keep it that way, even as everything else crumbles around them. Now, we've talked before about the importance of uh, being seasonal and knowing what the regional differences are. Does uh, seasonality and, and regional differences apply to dessert in Italy as well? 
to some degree, only when fruit is involved. Mm -hmm. Now, I always yell at Italians if they're bringing in berries from South America or South Africa because then they're rejecting seasonality. Mm -hmm. Italians are also really good at making wonderful preserved fruits, whether it's the frutta candita of Genoa, which is heaven, or the jams that come from the Alps in Tuscany that are delicious. One of the nicest things in Italy is a crostata, which is basically a jam tart. And depending where you are in Italy, it might be the citrus from Sicily, wonderful cherries from Rome called visciole, or berries up in the Alps. You know, that's interesting you say that because uh, when you go into a little mom-and-pop kind of restaurant, you're looking for that casalinga, right, that, that home cooking. Mm-hmm. And uh, it seems like you see a lot of preserves and tarts and stuff that are out to be seen. What do you look for? Can, is that something that you can actually spy with your eyes to see if there's anything worth getting excited about here? Well, they take pride in it. That's the point. By the way, if you ever see something called torta della nonna, grandma's cake, oh, don't yeah. get it. <laughs> That's generic. Is that right? Because, oh, yeah. I mean, grandma, grandma's busy now. She's not making cakes, so therefore this is really trying to pull on a certain kind of nostalgia. So what's the name but again? Torta Tor- della nonna's torta okay, cake. So- Delanona, grandma cake, Grandma's cake, is really by now just a commercial product and to be oh, avoided. That's too bad. Yeah. Sorry, Grandma. Oh, we're getting tips on how not to get uh, suckered into fake Grandma's cakes here with Fred <laughs> Plotkin. Fred's the author of Italy for the Gourmet Traveler. I'm Rick Steves. This is Travel with Rick Steves. Our phone number is 877-333-7425. And Donna's on the line in Jackson, Tennessee. Donna, thanks for your call. Hi, Rick and Fred. I have a question Uh, My husband and I will be traveling on a cruise, and we'll be going from Venice to Ravenna to Bari to Sicily, Naples, and then up to the Cinque Terre at the end for our last time in Italy. But I was wondering, do desserts differ from north to south? And, of course, I'd like to know, do you have any special suggestions for things we shouldn't miss? Entirely. They're all listed in Italy for the Gourmet Traveler, but a few that I would point you to in Naples, which is a great dessert town, are something called pastiera, which used to be an Easter cake. It's made of wheat germ in a way, and it has rose water or orange water. It's very unusual. It's not sweet, but it's very, very delicious. It's just something you won't find elsewhere. What's the name again? Pastiera, P-A-S-T-I-E-R-A. In Sicily, I don't know if you're stopping there, in all of southern Italy, the lemons, the oranges are fantastic, and they go into a lot of baking and desserts. In Sicily and in Naples, but especially Sicily, there's something called granita, which in America is called Italian ices, but it has nothing to do with the gorgeous stuff you find in Sicily. Granita di mandorla, almond granita, is one of my favorite Mm. desserts in all of Italy. Another one is granita di caffè, coffee, or granita di limone. Ice cream in Sicily, gelato, is the best in Italy, and you should eat it every day, all the time. Oh, we do. This will be our fourth trip, so I'm really looking forward to it. I don't know what time you're going, but in Puglia, they have magnificent grapes. They have Moscato grapes, which tend to come in August and September and October, and they're incredibly perfumed. They're fragrant. They're beautiful. Also in southern Italy, figs, dried figs that are filled with almonds, with hazelnuts, with cocoa powder, sugar, cinnamon, candied fruit are very special. 
Fichi, F-I-C-H-I, or figs. Hmm. Venice has mostly cornmeal desserts because polenta is from there. So a lot of cookies and cakes are made with cornmeal. You're from the South, so you may know grits. It's a similar thing, corn cakes and so on, and they're delicious. Mm. Mm. Sounds good, Donna. You're going to have to do a lot of hiking uh, to maintain there. And the cruises, yeah. I, I've been to a lot of those cruise ports, and they're very handy to the city. So as long as you're well-organized and you hit the ground, uh, as soon as that gangplank goes down, you can leave the cruise crowd and be immersed in those cities and enjoy all those taste treats, no problem at all. Well, one, uh, one problem we're having is trying to decide what to do in Sicily. Any suggestions? Um, Do you know where you're landing in Sicily? Yes, Catania. Catania, okay. We don't know whether to go to Taormina or Syracuse. Okay. Taormina is the famous resort. It's very pretty. But my favorite city in Italy is Syracuse, which is gorgeous. You pass through slightly industrial zones to get there, but it has amphitheaters, it has wonderful temples, it has great city life. And the neighborhood to go to is called Ortigia, which is where papyrus first arrived in Italy. There are fantastic restaurants, including ones that serve fresh tuna, fresh swordfish. And if you can get near Syracuse to the town of Noto, N-O-T-O, the best ice cream in the world Hmm. is from Noto. Wow. wow. All right. So that's where I would go. There you go, Donna. Have a great time. Thank you very much. Okay. Happy travels. Bye-bye. Fred Plotkin's definitive guide to the cuisines of Italy is called Italy for the Gourmet Traveler. We're at 877-333-7425 or by email at radio at ricksteves.com. Nancy's on the line in Marcuson, Wisconsin. Nancy, thanks for your call. Oh, thank you. Um, I have a question about gelato. And I was wondering, people say it's ice cream, but it isn't ice cream. And I'm allergic to ice cream, so do I need to take my lactate because is it really ice cream? Nancy, you live in the dairy state. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And I'm a graduate of the UW, so I know the area well. Gelato is milk-based, so if you have any milk problems, you should not be having gelato. You can have sorbetto, which is sorbet, which is made of ice, and Uh the fruit or the flavoring. Yeah. Okay. But not gelato. Is the sorbetto as um, loved and appreciated as gelato, or are you missing the whole magic of Italy's ice cream culture? No, you're not, because gelato and sorbetto are based on great flavors. So what you want to do is find the place that does not use artificial mixes, but actually has chunks of fruit in the gelato or the sorbetto. Okay. So you see that this fig sorbet just came from the figs off the tree that's across the street from the, from the store. That's the point. Okay. And uh, locals have been reminding me a lot of gelaterias are into grabbing the eyes of children by coloring their flavors to make them look more brilliant. And if you look for the mellow colors, that's a good chance it's uh, natural and actually flavored better. Paula's on the line in St. Simmons Island, Georgia. Paula, thanks for your call. Thank you. Um, I have traveled in Sicily and in Italy, in southern Italy, and fell in love with the cannoli and the profiteroli for dessert. I'm into the sweets. I'm going to be in Puglia the last two weeks in May and wondering if there's a special sweet I ought to try there. This may sound a bit uncommon, but I stand by my recommendation. There is a cheese there called burrata 
which has arrived a little bit in America, but it does not work here. It has to be had fresh. It is a mozzarella with cream. It is sweet. It is sensationally delicious. And another thing I love in Puglia is fresh ricotta cheese served with a fruit preserve. Hmm. So in, in America, we probably would have jelly with cottage cheese, not nearly as good as this phenomenal thing. In Puglia, they have these fresh cheeses that really are the greatest desserts. Very good cookies and so on, too, and great bread baking, the best in Italy. But I love the cheeses of Puglia paired with fruit. Fred, when you talk about cheeses for dessert, is that like a, what we'd think of as a cheese course, or is that cheese with, with other sweets? There are regions that do cheese courses, especially Friuli Venezia, Giulia, Veneto, Lombardy, and Piemonte. But in the rest of the country, you'd have one of these sweeter cheeses as a dessert. Right. It's not that they add sugar, but they're very sweet because they're young and fresh cheeses, burrata being the one that's just heaven on earth. All right. Paula, good luck on your eating in Italy. Thank you. I'm sure I will have no problem finding something delicious. <laughs> bon appetito. <laughs> Thank you. Our email's radio at ricksteves.com. And Bonnie in Parma, Italy, has emailed us, and uh, Bonnie writes, In Parma, that's her hometown, I love the Magdalenas, which are perfect for breakfast pastries. Everywhere else I've had them, they're vanilla muffins with a pastry shell. But in Parma, they have a dollop of prune or cherry preserves between the cake and pastry layer, and they taste amazing. In Naples, the best thing I ate was a hot sfogliatella riccia, divine. In Venice, it was the hot fratelli during Carnavale. If you happen to find yourself in Ascoli during the Christmas season, you got to try the Frustingo, the most amazing chocolate fruitcake, calling it a fruitcake, while factual doesn't do it justice since most of us are prejudiced towards fruitcakes. This dessert should have its own classification. It's dense, chocolatey, and figgy at the same time, something like a cross between a brownie and a fig newton. Fred, sorry for my pronunciation there, but we got Magdalenas, we got the Sfogliatelli, the famous uh, pastry in Naples, and we got the Fratelli in Venice and the Frustino in Ascoli. Any comments on those? On all, of course. Actually, <laughs> a couple of letters missing from the, the dessert from Ascoli Piceno. It's called Frustingolo Marchigiano. It's a Christmas cake made with nuts, figs, honey, and candied fruit, and it is heaven. <laughs> it's rather intense. Ooh, say the name, and, and what's in it again? Frustingolo. Marchigiano, which, okay. which means it's from the market. It's a Christmas cake, very important. This is an example of something that used to just be served at Christmas, but now is found throughout the year. Nuts, figs, honeys, and candied fruit. Gotcha. The frittelle, the fritters in Venice, are very good. They sort of land in your solar plexus, <laughs> though, and don't go further. Right. Whereas in Parma... Is that a nice way to the, say gut bomb, yeah? Yes. <laughs> The Magdalena, interesting, Parma was under France, so it's a cousin of the Madeleine from France. Okay. Except with the addition of jam, it's true. All right. And sfogliatelle in Naples are crunchy. They're filled either with almond paste or ricotta or plain. You make an incredible mess when you eat them, but it's worth it. And those are in these venerable cafes that you'll invariably stumble yes. into when you go through old Naples, and it's sort of, they're proud of it. You have it with your coffee there, and it's a beautiful experience. I recommend getting the minis fogliatelle because yeah. they taste the same and you don't make this total mess all over your beautiful Italian clothing. It is tough. All that uh, basically powdered sugar, right? Powdered sugar and, and crust that and crusty, pulls yeah. apart. Yeah. Our phone number is 877 
And Arthur's calling in from Bloomington, Indiana. Arthur, thanks for your call. Hi, Ray. Hi, Fred. Um, just one thing that I've been wondering about is whether you can find anything close to what you're describing, all those good things, anything that you can find over here in the States. One thing that you wouldn't want to miss in Italy that you can find here, that'd be great. A few of the packaged things come over. One of my very favorite desserts in Italy, it's one that people don't seem to know, is called torta sbrizolona, which means a crumbly cake. And it's made in Mantua. It's made of almonds, hazelnuts, butter, and flour, and that's it. And they're produced there and intended to be consumed with sweet wine. These are packaged. They can be found in the United States. I think it's called Zingerman's in Ann Arbor, Michigan, does mail order of them. Hmm. But if you can find a tortas brisolona, they're wonderful. They're plain, mm-hmm. but they're great. Well, that just reminds me of the joy of biscotti and Vinsanto, doesn't it? Yes. Oh, by the way, another thing for the caller, the greatest book that I can recommend if you want to make them yourself is called The Italian Baker by Carol Field. Even Italians use her book to discover how to make their own recipes. It's that good. Uh-huh. Well, thanks so much. There you go, Arthur. So make them at home. Buon appetito. Thank you. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We are drooling all across Italy here, talking about sweets uh, with the man who wrote Italy for the gourmet traveler, Fred Plotkin. Fred, you mentioned the uh, various granitas, the, the flavored shaved ice drinks. Rome has something that the locals love, the gratacheca. Is that right? Do you know about that? Gratacheca is, you know, I live in New York City, and somehow when the Cubans and the Puerto Ricans do it, I like it more. Yeah. It's basically shaved ice with flavorings. Yeah. It's good in Rome, but there are better things in Rome than that. I like it. It's just refreshing on the streets when it's really it's hot. It's refreshing and nice, but I, I would eat that in New York. Now, when you go farther south in the Amalfi area, people are crazy about their limoncello. Not only limoncello, but torta di limone, everything made of mm. lemon. You stop by one of those, you can picture these stands uh, on the Amalfi Coast where they've got a little pullout, and then these farmers are there with countless different kinds of incredible lemon. They're just into lemon in that culture there. They're huge. I mean, they're very helpful. And, and unlike most of the world, there are three lemon crops a year there. And therefore, they're in constant supply. It's not seasonal. And they're incredibly fragrant, and they're used in perfume, in laundry soap, in everything. But real lemon, not fake lemon essence produced in a lab. I met a farmer once, and he took me up into his orchard, and it was like a, it's like an advertisement for the wonders of lemonade. He picked a lemon off of his tree, sliced it, squeezed it into a glass, put in some sugar and some ice, mixed it up, and drank it with a view of the Mediterranean. What's not to love? One of the beauties of Italy. (laughs) Uh, Brad emailed us from uh, uh, Virginia, and Brad writes, My absolute favorite, an almond cookie covered with panna cotta-flavored gelato, covered in whipped cream, flamed with a blowtorch to make a crust like creme brulee. Uh, Your mission as an eater? Find that cookie. Do you know what he's talking about there? I've never heard of that. That's... uh... (laughs) Sounds a bit As over the, the Italians top. say ungepachke, that's a bit over the top. Fortissimo. Yeah. Or, or no, issimo. Don't Italians say issimo? Issimo, issimo. If something is over One the top. One thing I want to mention, though, the city of Trieste, I think, mm. is the best baking town in Italy. Hmm. People don't know that, but in part because of the Austrian-Hungarian tradition there. I was going to say, that's there. the one town with the Austrian-Hungarian... Uh, True. The bakeries of Trieste, but it's not just the strudel and the Austrian stuff, hmm. but local... Cakes called Pinza, Presnitz, Putitsa, Gubana. These are all yeast cakes that have nuts and grappa and all kinds of things in them. Heaven. 
Uh, really fantastic. That's near Treviso, isn't it? Uh, relatively near Treviso. Is that where tiramisu comes from? Tiramisu was invented in a restaurant in Treviso in the 1950s. It's not an ancient dish. Yeah, you'd think it was one that goes way back the way they present it to you, but it's just from this last generation. Well, I go back to the 1950s. <laughs> Historic. <laughs> So I see it as contemporary. Uh, but um, basically, it's made of mascarpone cheese, chocolate powder, ladyfingers, and coffee. And the coffee and the chocolate is meant to pick you up. Tiramisu is what it means. Pick you up. That's a it pick you pick up. you up. Oh, or right. pick me up. Tiramisu. Tiramisu. Have a pick, pick me, up. me up. Oh, we say have a pick me up. We can just say have a tiramisu. Sure. Fred, let's finish it off with just, uh, you're in a restaurant. You've had a, a, a great meal. You're friends with the waiter. You thought the dinner was done, and now more stuff starts coming out. There's sweets and there's drinks. How do you navigate through all of that, and, and, and what's your favorite way to, to really linger over a great meal and, and let it be the event of the evening rather than just dining and dashing? In many parts of Italy, they produce dessert wines that are known as vino da meditazione, meditation wine. I love that. It sounds yeah. very zen. Oh, yeah. And it's found a bit all over the country, and it's you have to drink it slowly. You have no way around that. You take a sip, you meditate. Because it's Italy, they never rush you out of the restaurant, and therefore you can sit there and have a sip, maybe have a cookie. In Tuscany, I know they dip cookies into wine. Don't do that. <laughs> have your cookie on the side, have a sip of the wine, and just meditate, but then I always finish the meal with a coffee, espresso. And I like it when the when the chef and the waiters they've done their work, and you're still there, and it becomes much more relaxed, and everybody's just enjoying. Uh, well, dolce far niente, I guess. Eh? Yeah. Well, the idea is that you are their guest. Hospitality is a wonderful concept. We in America can talk all we want about service, but there's a difference between service and hospitality. In Italy, Americans might find the service a bit sloppy, a bit slow. It's not. It's hospitable. They want to make you feel welcome, and that is the beauty of eating in Italy. That plus no music on the, on the restaurant speakers. Right, and if you're there at midnight and you're still having a good time, and they're probably happy you're still there, and, and they'll sit down and join you. Except in the north where they say, ma scusi, si finalmente. <laughs> One reason to be sure you go further south. I'm Rick Steves. Yes. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We've been eating our way through the sweets of Italy with our favorite Italian eater, Fred Plotkin, the author of Italy for the Gourmet Traveler. Fred, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you, Rick. Rick Steves has spent a third of his adult life in Europe researching and writing guidebooks. His classic, Europe Through the Back Door, teaches the skills of smart travel. Rick Steves' Italy is America's top-selling Italian guidebook. At Rick Steves' online travel store, you'll also find guides for Rome, Venice, Florence, and Tuscany. To learn more about Rick's guidebooks for Italy and beyond, visit the travel store at ricksteves.com. <laughs>